P's, the big three, all right? Heavenly Father, I just pray right now for your people's hearts to be open, to be attentive to the Word of God. And I read this morning that the apostles would not be distracted with serving tables because they wanted to devote themselves to prayer and to the preaching of the Word. And so even right now, as I deliver the preaching of the Word, I pray that Your Word will not return to You void. Your Word will reach the hearts of the people, will do a, a powerful work of transformation, even as You have done in the lives of the PKs there. Oh Lord, we thank You that You will do a powerful thing in our midst to change the hearts of our people so that You will transfer them and transform them from the natural realm into the supernatural spiritual realm because You have created us to be spiritual beings apart from being just a, a, a human being. Thank You, Lord, that we are spiritual beings and that Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Um, um, let me just see if this works. It's not... Uh, oops, sorry. It's moving. It's a bit hard to control. Can you control that for me? Alright. Can I... So today we are going to talk about love, joy, peace. What does the Holy Spirit bring out in you? Many a times... Uh, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we think that, oh, you know, it's something that is natural that comes out of us. But I want to show you today that the fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, uh, is a very powerful thing. Just like the gifts of the Spirit is very powerful. Many of us tend to um, look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit as something really powerful because it brings healing, it brings miracles, and, and it's, it's from the supernatural realm. But when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, we think that it's from the natural realm or it grows slowly in you, that kind of thing. But I just want to show you today that you cannot have the fruit of love, joy, peace without the Holy Spirit. There is a difference between natural love, natural joy, natural peace, and the supernatural love, joy, and peace. Alright, next slide. Okay, now can you tell the difference? I remember some months or years ago, I showed the difference between fake and real flowers. Today, I'm showing you I'm making you guess which one is real and which one is fake fruit, left or right. Anyone who says the right one is fake, put up your hand. Right, this side, this side is, is fake. Sorry, your left, your left is, is fake. Okay, who says the, the other one is fake? Put up your hands. Okay, those who, it's almost uh, two-thirds and one-third. And uh, see, even the one-third has been deceived. Because this one is fake and this is real. Alright? But you will see that the world is always trying to copy that which is real. Alright? Next slide. 
Hello, okay. Are you awake there? Yeah. Now, this, uh, this is a lotus building uh, designed by uh, an architect friend. Actually, it's a friend of Ping Hong. And uh, he's a very creative architect. And he designed this building uh, shaped after the lotus plant. And, um, and then you have, of course, the real God-made lotus over there. And you will see, therefore, that in this world, man is actually uh, trying to learn a lot from nature. We have learned a lot from nature. Electricity was learned from looking at the lightning, all right? And so there are lots of things in nature that uh, uh, people are trying to emulate and copy because they know that there's something powerful about these things that they don't have. And so next one. And so we, we can see many wonderful man-made buildings. They are wonderful, beautiful as well. But all the man-made stuff, including Disney World, no matter how wonderful it is, that says senior pastor, all right, cannot be compared to the God-made stuff. Do you agree? Yeah. Amen. So he says even, even all the rides and roller coasters cannot be compared to the natural wonder of nature because it's made by God. Next slide. Can you spot the difference between man-made and God-made? I don't have to tell you that that is man-made, all right? That's uh, quite, quite nice, but it's all plastic stuff. Plastic flowers and plastic grass, plastic uh, uh, trees. But just compare what's, natu what's natural with the uh, plastic stuff, with the artificial stuff, all right? And look at the beauty of natural God-made stuff. Next slide. Now, what's the difference really between uh, those man-made stuff and the God-made stuff? The difference is there is life. Life is something that man cannot create. We may try to produce stuff to look like God-made stuff and, and do wonderful things with it. But there's one thing that we cannot produce, and that is life. Because in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, let me turn to the scripture myself. It says, thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. So we are all like Adam. We are human beings, a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Now, what's the last Adam? Last Adam is Jesus himself, all right? The first Adam, the first man was Adam. He was just an ordinary human being like all of us. We are all a living being. Who is not a living being? Put up your hand. You won't be able to put up your hand if you're not a living being. We are all living beings or human beings as uh, the world calls it. But we who are in Christ, 
And this is where I want to take you on this journey to enter into a new dimension, a new realm in your life where you are going to experience a whole new life altogether. Because most of us are only existing and living as human beings here on earth. You may be earning a lot of money. You may be a doctor, a lawyer, or a successful businessman. And you go to work, wake up, like what Chris was describing the other day. Just wake up, you know, brush your teeth and get ready and go to work, earn lots of money, come back, go for holidays, come back and all that. At the end of the day, when you reach 65 or 70 years old or 90 years old, towards the end of your life, you look back and you, you look at your life, what have you done? You have just been, been a living being. You have just existed. You have enjoyed yourself, no doubt, but you are just a living being. But in Christ, so for Christians, if you call yourself a Christian, you are more than a living being. You have been called to be a life-giving spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes into you, <coughs> when you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit should come into you. And more than just coming into you, you should be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you are filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, you are energized and you go beyond just a living being. You become a life-giving spirit. And when you are a life-giving spirit, you have access into the supernatural spiritual realm and you can tap into the love, the supernatural love, joy, peace, and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that you can begin to give life to those you encounter. You know, if we didn't have life within us at this PK retreat, these people would have come into the retreat and left exactly the same. They would have come into the retreat hurt, angry with their parents, with the church, with God, and bitter and suicidal, depressed and all that, and left that retreat totally the same. But it's not just from us, but from our two wonderful speakers, whom I commend really greatly, uh, Dr. Solomon Ong, who will be coming to speak again soon, who are PKs themselves. Solomon and uh, Joseph Ong, the two brothers, who were pastor's kids of, uh, um, what's his name? David, Pastor David Ong in Perth, Church on the Higher Ground. Pastor David went through the same situation as the Indian girl's father. He was sacked by his church. And he went through seven years of depression. He had a nervous breakdown during the service he was worship leading. And he broke down and he went onto the floor and became like a vegetable. He, he, he was just rolling about like a madman for seven years. And for seven years, Pastor David never went to church. His kids went through hell literally and and they hated their their father and had lots of issues with the father but how god came to their family to restore their family and uh, 
and, and God turned the whole family around and, and the sons have done well despite it. And Pastor David was restored. He's now back to ministry. He has his own church, thriving church again in, in Perth. And these two boys came as life-giving spirit people to impart life to the PKs. Next slide, please. We are called to be light and salt. So it takes us back to the Garden of Eden where we are always given that choice. Two trees. It's interesting that in the Garden of Eden, God didn't ask them to choose between a Rolls Royce and a BMW or some, something like that, you know, something dead. But two live things. And again, it is fruit that they have to eat, alright? And we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit. There's the fruit that you can eat from the tree of life or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Both of them look equally good. In fact, the tree of knowledge of good and evil looks probably more tempting. But what's the difference? The difference is that the tree of life that symbolizes the spiritual life in Christ symbolizes Christ and the Holy Spirit that when you eat from Christ, when you partake of Him, that you believe in Him, you eat of His Word, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will have life, true, true eternal life that begins right now, not when you go to heaven. Many people say eternal life is when you go to heaven. No, eternal abundant life should be experienced right now in your present life, not when you go to heaven. So we are given that choice as Adam and Eve were given in those days. And today, right in, on this day, 8th of January, 19... Uh, no, not 19. I'm still, I'm still living in the past. 2017. <coughs> you are given the choice of these two trees still in your life. Every day, you are faced with these two trees, either to partake of the spiritual life that will produce life-giving spirit within you, or you can continue your fleshly life, your ordinary life, being a living being, just a human being, eating from the knowledge of good and evil. Yes, you can build beautiful buildings, houses that look like heaven, but it's not heaven. And it cannot produce the life. The things of this world, you may, you may earn a billion dollars. You may go on 10 cruises. You may go 24 times to Disney World. It still cannot give you that Life, that abundant love, joy, and peace, supernatural joy, love, joy, and peace that's available to you. All right, next slide. Man tries to manufacture what God has created, including the love, joy, and peace. And so you have what you call Hollywood love. Oh, wow, the magazines when... 
uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie got married, the magazines, you know, New Idea and all these other, I don't even know what they're called, out there were publishing it saying, wow, look at this, love of the century, you know, it's incredible love and and, and they boast about it. They, they, they begin to describe how wonderful, how wonderful. And the whole world wants to, f- in, in watching all these movies and love movies and all the soap operas and all the, you know, sobby operas, dramas, think that this is real love. It's not real love. We have been sucked in by the devil to think that real love is like that, like just like all these uh, uh, movies, you know, like Notting Hill and all these things that make girls cry, you know. I, I watch that, that program, I say, so silly, how come they are crying, you know. But uh, it's all Hollywood love. Man tries to create their own peace through the UN. And look where the UN is heading. UN now is gathering themselves against Israel. They are not creating peace. Man's effort in trying to create man-made peace will never last. Man tries to create joy through all the discos and all the computer games and to, to create fun and joy. But can that give you lasting joy? Because the real kind of love, joy and peace that is supernatural, surpasses all these human joys that you can find on earth. And that's something so priceless and so real that you, that you can tap into, but it's not easy. It's easy if you would obey God. It's easy if your heart is open. Next slide, please. Hello? Okay. Can someone there give them a, a nudge? All right. Man, so here we have the two, uh, two uh, the comparison of man made love, joy, peace. Love is the eros love, uh, the man made one. It's conditional. I'll love you only you lo- if you love me. Darling, if you cook bad food for me, I will not love you. You know? That, that's man's love. It is. And it's Hollywood love. But God's type of love, the agape love, is a sacrificial love. It it never ends. The Bible says love never ends or never fails. It's unlimited. God's love is is so high, you can't get over it. So deep, you can't get around it. And, And it's a love that sent Jesus to the cross. That has to be a supernatural love. Can you imagine someone who hates you, who spits at your face, slaps you, like just say, for example, Joseph, your neighbor comes to you and slaps you, spits you on your face, and, and then God tells you to give your life for your neighbor. Will you do that? Very, very hard, he says. Very hard. He's thinking about how can I get even? How can I punch him in the face? So it needs this kind of love goes beyond the natural love. It's not available on earth. Put it this way. It's only available in the Spirit. That's why they are called the fruit of the Spirit. 
Take joy, for example. It's situational. When you are on a cruise, who cannot be joyful? When you are in the Disney world, who cannot be joyful? Except me. When I went on the, uh, what, what, what ride in that, uh, in the dark one? Space Mountain. Oh, it was like hell. I, I spent the whole day in the cafe lying down, totally zonked out, sick. How can anyone find joy from that? But it's situational, it's self-focused, it's about self, but the joy from the Lord, you know, one of the things that I will show in a moment is that the fruit of the Spirit, many people say when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and, and, and so on, we, we are thinking about ourselves. Oh, the peace, the joy, the love of God that I will taste and eat of it myself. But fruit is never for yourself. Which tree ever eats its own fruit? Right? The fruit that you bear is always for others to enjoy and to benefit. I'll come into that more in a moment. But the joy from the Lord is from within and it's at all times, whether you are hanging on the cross or whether you're going through a tough time or good time, you have the joy. That's why it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Paul says, how could he rejoice when people were flogging him? It's because that joy is not dependent or predicated on his external uh, environment. It's from within and it's others' focus. You get joy when you see other people bless. But, the, but human beings, it's like that. When you see other people bless, you get envious. You get, oh, you know, you, you, you get jealous. You get envious. You say, oh, you know, I wish I, I had that thing like the other person. And you wish... Uh, that they were not as blessed as you and, and things like that. You, you have the envy coming in. But the joy of the Lord comes when you see other people blessed, when you see other people experiencing joy and, and all the goodness of God coming upon them. That's the kind of joy that you derive from, all right? And uh, peace, again, depends on external factors. The human peace is... Absence of trouble, absence of war. But the peace that God gives is not as the world gives, the Bible says, but it's the inner peace like Jesus was asleep. Can you imagine being asleep in a storm, in the boat, when the boat is going like this? And Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, exemplified the kind of peace that we should all have, that He can He's able to even sleep in the midst of the storm. And when he calmed the storm, what did he do? He spoke peace to the storm. He says, he, he didn't say, he didn't just rebuke the storm, but he said, peace, be still. So out of the abundance of peace that he had within him, it came out of him, it flowed out of him, and it overcame that storm. Now, many of you may be going through storms in your workplace, in your 
home, most storms are in the home, you know. I know there are lots of storms in the home. And you can't seem to cope with the storms in your home. That's because you're relying on your own peace. You're relying on your own love and joy. Begin to tap into this supernatural peace, joy and love that's only available to you in the Spirit. And, and it's the peace that when you speak peace to the storm, you will begin to see your external environment change. Most of us will reflect or, or, or experience what our external uh, environment is. So if our external environment is war and trouble and conflict, we get troubled. But how about reversing it? How about if you can tap into the resources of God and experience peace in the midst of the storm, you can begin to speak peace to your environment and you'll begin to see things coming down around you. Wherever Jesus went, He changed His environment. But for most of us who are living beings, human beings, the environment change, changes you. The environment affects you. Your environment influences you. But we are life-giving spirit. We can begin to exude love, joy, peace, the fruit of the Spirit, which is so powerful. It's as powerful as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Next slide. That's why it says, A.R. Bernard says, Peace is not the absence of trials and tribulation, but the presence of trust in the Lord. Isaiah 26, 3-4 says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Next slide. So the purpose of fruit, as I've said, is life-giving food. It's like light. It's like being a witness to the world for others and not for yourself. So the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit is not for yourself, brothers and sisters. Like I said, no tree ever eats its own fruit, but it is for the benefit of the community. It shows, and this year our theme is evangelism. We need to allow the fruit of the Spirit to, to grow from us so that the community can be blessed and touched. It shows the kind and the health of the tree. By the fruit you shall know them. Whether it's a durian tree, can you imagine going to the banana tree and say, how come there's durian growing from this banana tree? How come there's rambutan growing from this? No, by the fruit, if you look at the fruit, then you will know whether you are a Christian or not. Right? Many people claim to be Christians, but it's by the fruit that we know whether we are true Christians or not. Because we are no longer just living beings, human beings. We are life-giving spirit. Number three, the purpose of fruit is to propagate its own kind. So the fruit drops to the ground, the seed gets deposited into the ground, and then another tree, that's how they propagate itself through the seed in the fruit. 
And so in the same way, when we have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, it is to propagate the kingdom of God through, through us. We, we, we deliver the seed of love, joy, and peace. And through that, people experience the kingdom of God. Next slide. So the health of a Christian is seen by its fruit. Can we still exhibit and share God's... Next slide. Can we still exhibit and share God's love, joy and peace in the midst of trials? You say, it's impossible. How can I have joy when I'm dying on the cross or care for other people? How can I have love for others when I'm suffering myself? Well, Jesus did it. When He was suffering on the cross, He was able to care for His mother and He turned to John and says, John, behold your mother, mother, behold your son. He was able to even think of others in the midst of His suffering. But I found that very few Christians, and including myself, that when we are suffering, we are only thinking about ourselves because we haven't learned how to tap into this supernatural realm of, of the fruit of the Spirit. Alright, next slide. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is very powerful. That's, that's why I show a bodybuilder there. Alright? That's, that's, that was my body before, by the way. But uh, lack of uh, fast, uh, too much fasting is... Love never fails. Why, why, why is the fruit of the Spirit so powerful? In 1 Corinthians 13, 8, it says, Love never fails. Everything else will fail, but the agape supernatural love never ends, never fails. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you lack strength, you may be so tired and, you know, down with flu or whatever, but God's joy can give you that strength, inner strength. And, and Jesus, like, as I've said, peace. He, he spoke peace, be still to the storm. Is that powerful or not? Peace is more powerful than all the storms in this world. Next slide, please. The so the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are both equally important. And they are both available to us in the supernatural realm. Many of us think that, oh, when you see someone anointed, healing the sick, doing miracles, we say that's an anointed man of God. But when, the, when we see someone exhibiting fruit of love, joy, peace, we don't think too much of it. We think, ah, okay, you know, it's, it's pretty good. But it takes a supernatural act of God for you to have this joy, peace, and, and love despite your circumstances. Alright? Next slide. How then can we bear the fruit of the Spirit? And we're coming to a close soon. Next slide. Of course, we cannot avoid this verse. Next slide. In John 15, 4-5 says, abide in me, Jesus says, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Many a times we read this verse, and I've been thinking in the past as well about this verse, and I say, God, that's not true. I can do something apart from you. It's true, we can do something. But all that we can do is all in the, in the natural realm. It's producing plastic plants, plastic fruit, plastic buildings. We cannot produce life without God. We can produce things in the natural. But if you want to start giving life and impacting the life of other people, we have to abide in Christ. We have to go to the Word of God. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got to stop thinking like the world. We've got to put on the full armor of God. Here I, I am promoting my book again. But I'm promoting not because for the sake of promoting, but because it's really powerful. If you really practice what I've taught in regards to the armor of God, not just mentally, but actually infusing in you. That's how you get connected. That's how you abide in Christ. Through the full armor of God, you get connected. Next slide. So abiding simply means remain, stay, stand, stand fast, dwell, continue, wait, last, endure, be permanent. It just simply means be connected to Christ through the Holy Spirit. And so my last verse that I want to share, which is the key verse for, for the year, is, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be bearing fruit. You will be my witnesses. You will be witness of His love, of His joy, of His peace wherever you go. What does being witness mean? Is it just being going there, catching hold of people and saying, hey, love Jesus. Without Jesus, you're going to hell. You are, you are doomed for hell, you know. Uh, here are the four spiritual laws. It's not like that. It's people tasting of, of your life, tasting of the fruit of love, joy, and peace in you that will know that God is real. They will know that there is a supernatural uh, thing within you that they have never experienced before. Even though they go to Disney World or wherever, the best places in the world, Machu Picchu or whatever, you will never taste of this supernatural goodness of the Lord. But first, we need to be born again. We need to be able to enter into the kingdom of God so that we have new eyes to see things from God's perspective. And then we receive Jesus as Lord of our life and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then wherever you go, you will carry the fragrance of Jesus. The life of Jesus will begin to exude out of you. And many people's lives around you will never be the same again. Amen? 
Let me just close in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. As we now come to the end of this message, I just want to make this challenge in the beginning of this year right now. As we face a brand new year, 2017, and a whole decade even ahead of us, many years to face, are we going to face the new year and the years ahead of our life with our own strength, with our own love, joy, and peace? Are you wanting to continue to be just a living spirit, living being rather, instead of being a life-giving spirit which we can be in Christ Jesus? Because in Christ Jesus, we have access to all the resources of heaven. All the resources of the Holy Spirit is within us when we commit ourselves to Jesus, when we make Jesus Lord of our life, when we ask the Holy Spirit to come and be not just resident, but president in our life. Your whole life will never be the same again. You can continue working as a teacher, as a, as a clerk, or as a, a doctor, or, or taxi driver, whatever it is. It doesn't change your profession. But you'll be different. Because you're no longer just a living being, but a life-giving spirit. So today, as we end this service, I want to give this opportunity for those who would like to, first of all, receive Christ for the first time in their life. You've never accepted Jesus in your life. I want to, I want to give you this opportunity to transform you from being a living being to be a life-giving spirit through Christ coming into your life. If there's anyone here, I don't want to put any pressure on you. Can you just quickly raise your hand right now? Thank you. Anyone else? We have some children putting up their hand even. Anyone else wanting to receive Christ for the first time into their life? I'm giving you this opportunity. No embarrassment whatsoever. And if you do, for the one who has put up their hand, just say this prayer after me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. I renounce my old life, the works of darkness. I renounce the devil and all that he stands for. And I embrace you, Lord Jesus fresh into my heart. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. And release your Holy Spirit upon me today. I receive your Holy Spirit into my life. And fill me and empower me
through your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to also